Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Dr. Casey Grover here once again as your host. Today's episode will be on the topic of diverting buprenorphine. One quick note before we start. I am recording this episode in a parking lot while my daughter is doing Taekwondo, so I apologize for any background noise. Now, moving on. What is the why behind this episode? I have to confess that I have really been looking forward to putting together this episode. As an addiction medicine doctor who works on the street, my experience with buprenorphine is that it is infrequently diverted, and when it is diverted, it is purchased by people who want to stop using other opioids. As a result of this, I am very liberal with my prescriptions for buprenorphine. Furthermore, as a result of the ceiling effect, buprenorphine has an incredible safety profile. It's very difficult for patients with opioid use disorder to overdose on, and if patients use other opioids when buprenorphine is in their system, they are also much less likely to have an overdose. So, if I prescribe buprenorphine to my patient with an opioid use disorder, my patient is less likely to overdose on opioids or die from their overdose. And, if they sell it to a friend, that friend is also less likely to overdose on opioids or die from their overdose. Now, a quick aside, a reminder on what the ceiling effect is if you aren't familiar with it. Buprenorphine is a mixed agonist antagonist at the opioid receptor. It causes increasing opioid agonism with increasing doses up to a certain point. But if doses continue to escalate beyond that point, there is no additional opioid agonism. In other words, there is a ceiling on how much opioid agonism buprenorphine provides, which is why buprenorphine is very hard to overdose on, as if you try to take more than the therapeutic dose, you don't get any additional opioid agonism and you won't experience opioid toxicity. Okay, so let's come back to why I picked this topic. As you've heard, I am very liberal with my buprenorphine prescriptions for the reasons that I just outlined. But I still hear providers who are reluctant to give buprenorphine because they are afraid that it will be diverted. Or, if they do give buprenorphine, they only give two days worth out of fear that the buprenorphine prescription will be diverted, and then the patient runs out in two days before they can get a follow-up appointment. My anecdotal experience with addiction medicine on the street isn't enough to convince some of my colleagues, so I needed to find some literature on buprenorphine diversion. And, thank goodness, I found just the paper that goes through this topic. The title of the article that we will be reviewing is Scope of, Motivations for, and Outcomes Associated with Buprenorphine Diversion in the United States, a Scoping Review. 
Stephanie Rubel was the lead author, and the article was published in 2023 in the journal Substance Use and Misuse. Now, let's get started on reviewing this paper. As per standard protocol, the article begins with an introduction section. The authors begin by reminding us of the ongoing crisis of overdose deaths from opioids in the United States and that treatment for opioid use disorder can be life-saving. They also point out that less than 20% of patients with opioid use disorder have access to treatment for their opioid use disorder. The authors go on to add that there is concern about misuse or diversion of the treatments for opioid use disorder, as both methadone and buprenorphine are opioids and therefore controlled substances. The authors define diversion as, quote, the unauthorized rerouting or misappropriation of prescription medication to someone other than for whom it was intended, including sharing or selling a prescribed medication, end quote. And the authors of this paper clarify that they will be focusing on the diversion of buprenorphine, and so they give us some background on buprenorphine before they get into the meat of the article. Now, we know buprenorphine very well on this podcast, so we'll skip through this section and focus on the high points. Buprenorphine has been on the market in the United States as a treatment for pain since 1985, and it was brought to market in 2002 as a treatment for opioid use disorder in the United States. It is a Schedule Three medication here in the United States. The authors move on to provide some background on diversion of buprenorphine. Initial concerns about buprenorphine diversion were that buprenorphine could be used to get high. However, several articles found that buprenorphine diversion was more often due to people with opioid dependence wanting to manage their own withdrawal and desiring to stop using other opioids. So, with that perspective, that there are different opinions on why buprenorphine is diverted, the authors wanted to get to the bottom of the issue of buprenorphine diversion. They decided to do a comprehensive review of the literature on buprenorphine diversion to find out as much as they could about the topic. And that brings us to the methodology of this paper. It is a comprehensive review of the literature on the topic of diversion of buprenorphine. So, what did the authors find? They found 57 articles on the topic published between 2007 and 2021 that met their pre-specified criteria for articles to be included in their review, and these 57 papers used multiple different study methodologies. Interestingly, in these studies, there was not a consistent definition of diversion. Some papers referred to diversion as without a prescription. Others used the term street obtained, while others described diversion as not as prescribed. Some of the studies looked at urine drug screen results and looked at how many patients who were prescribed buprenorphine tested positive for buprenorphine in their urine. So, the data from the papers that they found was all over the place. I'm actually really looking forward to see how they analyze the data. Okay, so the authors start by looking at the scope of diversion, and they start by asking the question, how often do patients use diverted buprenorphine? And they actually found quite a wide variety of answers. In one study, 0% of patients used diverted buprenorphine. 
In a second study, about 4% of people who inject drugs reported using diverted buprenorphine in the past month. In another study, 19% of people in a correctional system-based program for opioid use disorder reported using diverted buprenorphine in the past month. In a fourth study, 96% of people with opioid use disorder in a residential recovery program reported using diverted buprenorphine in the past six months. And yet another study asked people with opioid use disorder about their use of diverted buprenorphine at any point in their lifetime, and 100% said they had used diverted buprenorphine at any point in their life. In Table 2 of the study, they actually list 49 different studies looking at this question, and they list the scope of buprenorphine diversion found in each study. And, as you just heard, the rate at which patients use diverted buprenorphine varies from 0% to 100%. Now, let's take a minute to unpack this table. 100% of patients using diverted buprenorphine sounds bad. However, if you look at the table of all of the studies that found that 50% or more of patients have used diverted buprenorphine, most of these studies were asking, have you ever used diverted buprenorphine at any point in your life? Now, on the flip side, if you look at all of the studies that found that less than 10% of patients have used diverted buprenorphine, most of these studies were asking, are you currently using diverted buprenorphine? So from this table, my take home is that active use of diverted buprenorphine is relatively low. While having to use diverted buprenorphine at some point during a person's lifetime with opioid use disorder is relatively common. And based on the methodology of some of these papers, using a single dose of diverted buprenorphine once in a lifetime would even count. We also need to acknowledge this study question that the authors are looking at here is looking at when buprenorphine is available on the illicit market, how often are people using it? This is not the question, how often are people selling or diverting their buprenorphine? Now, if you're like me, you actually want to know the answer to this second question. How often are people selling or diverting their buprenorphine? Fortunately, the paper moves on to address this next. The authors move on to ask, how common is it for people to divert buprenorphine to others? And this, interestingly, is a lot lower. Based on the results of four studies that the authors found on this topic, between 0% to 5% of patients with opioid use disorder who are prescribed buprenorphine diverted their buprenorphine. Let's take a minute and unpack this as well. I find this statistic actually very reassuring. Of all the patients who are receiving buprenorphine for opioid use disorder, greater than 95% of them are taking the meds themselves and not diverting the buprenorphine. The authors then move on to their next analysis and investigation, which is, why do people use diverted buprenorphine? They cite four potential motivations. First, to avoid withdrawal. Second, to provide self-treatment for opioid use disorder. Third, to get high. And fourth, preventing withdrawal symptoms temporarily when unable to get a dose of the drug of choice. In looking at this, they found 26 articles on this topic. 
in 20 of the 26 articles, avoiding withdrawal was cited as a motivation to use diverted buprenorphine. In 18 of the 26 articles, providing self-treatment for opioid use disorder was cited as a motivation to use diverted buprenorphine. Here are some reasons why people wanted to use buprenorphine for self-treatment. Patients were sometimes unable to access care for their opioid use disorder. Patients sometimes wanted to avoid formal treatment due to previous negative experiences, including stigma. And some patients wanted to use buprenorphine themselves to wean off of opioids. In 13 of the 26 articles, getting high was cited as a motivation to use diverted buprenorphine. And interestingly, in 7 of these 13 articles, getting high was the least commonly cited motivation. In 12 of the 26 articles, patients used diverted buprenorphine to prevent withdrawal symptoms temporarily. This included needing to take a break from illicit opioids to work or attend social events. This also included trying to reduce the harm from illicit opioids. And this also included taking a break from illicit opioids in general or to try to reduce their opioid tolerance. And in 11 of the 26 articles, patients reported using diverted buprenorphine to prevent withdrawal when their illicit opioid of choice was unavailable. The authors pivot here to review the outcomes of buprenorphine diversion, and 18 articles had information on this. First, the authors looked at the risk of overdose when diverted buprenorphine was used. In two studies, the use of diverted buprenorphine was associated with a decreased risk of non-fatal opioid overdose. And in two other studies, an increased frequency of the use of diverted buprenorphine was associated with a decreased risk of a non-fatal overdose. Next, the authors looked at the use of other opioids when patients were using diverted buprenorphine. The data was mixed here. Two studies showed that an increased use of diverted buprenorphine was associated with decreased use of illicit opioids. One study showed that increased use of diverted buprenorphine did not appear to affect the use of illicit opioids. And a third study showed that increased use of diverted buprenorphine was associated with increased use of diverted methadone. However, this actually may just represent people with opioid use disorder without access to treatment trying to seek any form of treatment, since increased use of diverted buprenorphine was associated with increased use of methadone as opposed to other illicit opioids such as heroin. The authors then looked at retention in treatment when diverted buprenorphine was used. Interestingly, two studies found that patients who used diverted buprenorphine were more likely to stay in treatment for substance use, and nine studies found that patients with opioid use disorder who used diverted buprenorphine felt more open to and more prepared to enter drug treatment programs. And finally, the authors looked at involvement in the justice system when patients were using diverted buprenorphine. And the use of diverted buprenorphine did not appear to affect the rate at which patients with opioid use disorder were involved with the justice system. Now that was a lot of data, and I personally found it very interesting. The authors pivot here to the discussion section. Let's go through the key points that the authors wanted to emphasize. First, the rate at which patients divert their buprenorphine is low. 
with less than 5% of patients who are receiving treatment for opioid use disorder with buprenorphine, diverting their buprenorphine. Second, a common reason to obtain diverted buprenorphine was that patients wanted treatment for their opioid use disorder but could not access treatment. The authors, based on this, suggest that increasing access to buprenorphine for patients would actually likely reduce diversion. The authors follow this by pointing out that some of the studies looked at diversion of buprenorphine in the correctional system, and the authors believe that if jails and prisons made buprenorphine available to inmates with opioid use disorder, the rate of buprenorphine diversion in the correctional system would decrease. The authors move on to discuss the challenges they had in doing this paper because of the inconsistent definitions of diversion. They also note that there is additional complexity on this topic in that when it comes to the diversion of buprenorphine, there is both a supply side and a demand side. Most of the studies looked at the demand side, as in patients who were obtaining diverted buprenorphine. However, the authors also wanted to look at the supply side, as in patients who were diverting their buprenorphine, and unfortunately the authors found less information about this second group. The authors next discuss, looking back on the data in their paper, which patients were most likely to seek out diverted buprenorphine. And here the answer is pretty clear. It is patients with opioid use disorder who are not in treatment. This provides additional support of their earlier point suggesting that increased access to buprenorphine for patients with opioid use disorder would likely reduce the diversion of buprenorphine. The authors conclude the discussion section with some reflections on the outcomes of buprenorphine diversion. I love this quote. Quote, Outcomes associated with using diverted buprenorphine trend towards positive outcomes. End quote. There was a trend towards reduced risk of non-fatal overdose when patients were using diverted buprenorphine, and there were multiple studies that showed a trend between using diverted buprenorphine and more positive attitudes towards treatment for opioid use disorder. And the authors note that this has led to some policy changes. Quote, Some U.S. jurisdictions have decriminalized possession of diverted buprenorphine, seeing it as a potential harm reduction and overdose prevention strategy and a way to decriminalize opioid use disorder, reduce stigma towards medications for opioid use disorder, and to compensate for a gap in medications for opioid use disorder treatment capacity, end quote. The authors move on to their conclusion section, and I love the points that they make. Their first point is, quote, This review suggests that the scope of diversion among those formerly receiving medications for opioid use disorder is between 0% and 5%. Further, the motivations for use of illicitly obtained buprenorphine are related to treatment and management of drug use, along with the finding that those with opioid use disorder who are using illicitly obtained buprenorphine may be more inclined to enter formal treatment at some point in the future, indicating that increased availability of buprenorphine treatment could effectively reduce demand for diverted buprenorphine, end quote. And their second point is, quote, Due to issues such as cost and stigma, illicitly obtained buprenorphine could remain a preferred mode of treatment 
or management for some people with opioid use disorder unless and until these barriers are addressed, end quote. And that is the end of this paper. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode with some take-home points. Number one, buprenorphine is a safe and effective treatment for opioid use disorder with a lower risk of overdose than full agonist opioids. Number two, patients with opioid use disorder have variable behaviors when it comes to seeking out diverted buprenorphine. Using diverted buprenorphine at some point during a person with opioid use disorder's lifetime is relatively common, but active regular use of diverted buprenorphine is relatively infrequent. Number three, less than 5% of patients with opioid use disorder receiving treatment with buprenorphine will divert their buprenorphine. Number four, Patients who seek out diverted buprenorphine most often do so for self-treatment motivations, including avoiding withdrawal, treating themselves for opioid use disorder, or trying to cut down on their opioid use. The authors hypothesize, therefore, that making buprenorphine more widely available would reduce buprenorphine diversion. Number five. When patients with opioid use disorder use diverted buprenorphine, there is an association with a reduced risk of non-fatal opioid overdose. And number six, patients with opioid use disorder who used diverted buprenorphine felt more open to and more prepared to enter drug treatment programs. And that is the end of this episode. If you are prescribing buprenorphine, keep it up. You are saving lives. Please consider sharing this podcast with a colleague, and if you're willing to leave me a review on your podcast app, I'd be most grateful. Thank you for listening, and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.